Hey everybody, welcome back to But Why Though the Podcast, and today we're talking about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. As always, I'm Kate, I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And Adrian is going to be leading us through this episode today. I am. Yeah, so we are talking about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which just celebrated its 30th anniversary in 2020, which is crazy. 1990 was 30 years ago. Time. It's I'm almost, it's almost eight years old, or I'm almost Fresh Prince years old. I like that Jurassic Park theme with the, the little meme where they have like the kid hiding from the raptor, and it's like the 90s kids, yeah. and it has the raptor 30. <laughs> scary times, scary times. Um, I couldn't really think of an intro song, or like intro song, an intro question, because like, I don't know, who grew up in the 90s and early 2000s and doesn't like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, or like, know the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Uh, so my question do you know all the words to the theme song? Oh, I'm no. currently playing the music in my head. <laughs> du, 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 du. <laughs> yeah. Matt? Yes, At I one do. time I did, but it actually has been like a long time since I've heard since I've heard it. And so if one of those I need like I need the running start to get it going. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if you heard it, it'd probably just come all back to you. I'm one of those um, I need the running start. I know start. it all. Yeah. I think I think uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air's theme song has like a perfect thing where it just gives you just gives you the premise of the show and just like throws you into it and it's catchy and it's it's a bop it's a bop um so we're just gonna run run into it 30 years of history gonna start with the production history as per usual so the theme song and the opening sequence basically set the premise for the show will smith i'm not gonna sing the whole song um as much as i would love to but now this is a story all about (laughs) how my life got flipped turned upside down and i'd like to take a minute just sit right there and say how to how we became the prince of the town called bel-air yeah, so you, there you go. That's that's been. And it now you, we're gonna get sued for copyright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically, Will Smith is a street smart teenager, West Philadelphia, born and raised on while the playgrounds play- where he spent the most, <laughs> most of the days. days. Uh, while playing street ball, Will misses a shot, and the ball hits a group of gang members, causing a confrontation that frightens his mother. Would who you sends say him- that they were a couple of guys who were up to no good? Yeah, and they started some trouble <laughs> in his neighborhood. Uh, basically, his mom sends him to live with his wealthy aunt, who is her sister and the uncle in Bel Air, Los Angeles. Will's basically working class background ends up clashing with various humorous ways with the upper class world of the Banks family. Will's uncle Phil and Aunt Vivian and their children, Will's cousins, spoiled Hillary, entitled Carlton, and impressionable Ashley are the family. The show itself is based on Benny Medina, a producer who has worked with big names such as Ray Charles, Prince, Naughty by Nature, Madonna, Fleetwood Mac, and a whole bunch of other ones. Um, Medina actually grew up in East L.A., and his life changed when he befriended a rich white teenager whose family lived in Beverly Hills, and he let and they let Medina live with them. So basically, same kind of story, but switch out the family for a white family. Also, the choice to make... I was going to say... Like, wait, I don't know if it's down there, but like that's two Afro-Latino connections because Betty Medina is Dominican and uh, her, the sister is Latina as well. Yeah. And I mean, and Alfonso Ribeiro is uh, Trinidadian. Trin- oh, Trinidadian. that's dope. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's there. It's there. Um, the choice to make the family black in The Fresh Prince stemmed from a black character living with a white rich family had already been done. So Medina was quoted as saying. When was that? I don't know. I've never seen that. 
personally, but that's what the interview said that he did, where he said, um, "Is like the blind side was this the, the blind, blind side? side? Yeah, this was the blind side for the blind or, side, or, or maybe maybe it's just like the uh, like the kind of white, you know." pick up the you know, so, poor kid from I got the, a question. the trenches That's kind of fair. thing. What yeah, did like you Google to try thing. to find this? How, <laughs> how Fresh Prince was created. <laughs> but yeah, basically like the, the basically but you, you, the blind side, right? Like when you pick up a poor kid and you give him a better life because you were affluent yeah. and white, like that's, 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 I would have, I'd argue that's pretty tropey. That's pretty standard. Yeah. It's like the whole like white savior thing. Yeah. White savior. That was the word I was looking teachers for. Teachers all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, he, Medina said that way we could explore black on black prejudice as well as black class differences, which if you know of the show is a big part of it. Medina said in an interview for Ebony Magazine is, is where he said that. Medina pitched the idea to the great music producer, Quincy Jones, who had just signed a TV deal with Time Warner. Jones liked the idea and set up a meeting with NBC. In 1989, Will Smith, had, Will Smith, who had just won a Grammy for Parents Just Don't Understand earlier that year, basically came into the picture essentially by chance. Smith met with Medina at the taping of the Arsenio Hall show where Medina pitched the show to him. Um, Smith, obviously being a rapper, um, wasn't really keen on being an actor. However, Medina act invited Smith to Quincy Jones's house for his birthday. And Jones basically had Smith audition for the main role, like on the spot in front of like NBC producers and basically just said, okay, here you go. Audition for this role. Um, (laughs) Jones basically had Smith do that. And it worked out. Smith landed the job, and then they basically drew up the contracts that night. And like six weeks later, they're filming the pilot. Essentially, I also think that it's really cool that two music producers are the people who brought Fresh Prince to like birth. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's great. It's great, especially you know two big music producers like yeah. uh, Medina and Quincy Jones. Like you think of two powerhouse producers who've worked with basically everybody in the business. Like who has Quincy yeah. Jones not worked with? Um, and how they just how quick it happened. Like they show up, gets the role. Six weeks later, they're filming the pilot. So the pilot episode began taping in May of 1990. Season one first aired in September of 1990 and ended in 1991. The series finale was taped on March 21st, 1966, and aired oh, on oh, May 20th, 1996. 1996. 96. Sorry. Oh, 96. Uh, I say 86. Both of you are just completely going backwards the wrong way. Uh, The series finale was taped on March of 1996 and was aired on May 1996. So one of the big things when you look at the timeline, they basically like filmed and wrote all of the show seasons in like a few weeks and then just pumped them out, which is pretty crazy considering 148 episodes over six seasons is quite a bit of episodes and to pump them out that quick is pretty crazy. And they did it live, I will say... Yeah, yeah, they did do it live. I will say, obviously, we've done a few TV shows, and all we realize is show from the 90s and before, they knew what they were doing, and they put in some hours or work and just pumped stuff out. Like people yeah. talking about like all the production money and all this time, and I'm like, you made 13 episodes, and it took you three years. Yeah, so basically, like they would do table reads on Tuesday, film on Thursday, and like that, or film on Friday, and that like be a wrap. And they would like just do an episode. And this is also kids back in the day when they would like do it in front of a live studio audience. Remember when they were like, "The Fresh Prince of Bel Air" was filmed in front of a live studio audience, and they had a little even... clap sign. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this wasn't like, uh, like Matt, you know, I love the Big Bang Theory, but this isn't like the Big Bang Theory, like where they just kind of like throw in a laugh track. Laugh track. Like they oh, they the, actually I mean, had people uh, laughing. It was genuine laughter. It was genuine laughter, yeah. They actually had to pause and wait for the laughter to die down. So the cat, and I also love the Big Bang Theory. Like, we do, we need to do an episode at some point because I do like that show. I've been trying to get around to it. The, suck, the only thing that sucks is the longer we wait, I feel like the more people think it's, it's becoming like the one show, like, people, it was really popular and people tried to act like yeah. it wasn't and people cool hate anymore. It. People act like it wasn't yeah. cool anymore. I'm like, really, I think that show set so many records and held the number one, like, highest rating on TV for, like, 10 years. Shut up. <laughs> so the cast consists of Will Smith as Will Smith, James Avery <laughs> as Philip Banks, First thing first, rest in peace, Uncle Phil. For real? No, oh, not J. Cole fans? I'm okay. sad now. Uh, Janet Hubert as Vivian Banks, number one. Um, Danny Maxwell-Reed as Vivian Banks, Daphne. number two. Oh, wait, Daphne? What? Yeah, sorry. Daphne. Did I say Daphne? <laughs> no. You said Danny. You said Danny Effany Reed or something like that. Daphne Maxwell-Reed as Vivian Banks, number two. More of this later on why we have two Vivian Bankses. Alfonso Ribeiro as Carlton Banks, my hero. Just kidding. He's your uh, twin. He's your older twin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> it. So I know that you don't like being compared to Carlton or no, Alfonso Ribeiro, but you both just have like joyful smiles that like it's very hard to replicate. Like you all just have like those joyful faces. That's right. I wore sweater vests like, like all through high school, so it's fine. I, I'm used to it. I'm used to it now. That's why I didn't. Uh, I also. I, I would like to thank Dancing with the Stars for getting me to call him Alfonso Ribeiro because I just called him Carlton for the longest time. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, Karen Parsons as Hillary Banks, uh, Tatiana Ali as Ashley Banks, Joseph Marks as Jeffrey Butler. That was actually his last name. I don't know if you all knew that. But <laughs> no. His last name was actually Butler from the Butler family. That's totally got to be a Joffrey. That can't be a Jeffrey. He's a butler. It's, it's Jeffrey. A it's a Joffrey. No, it's Jeffrey. It's a it's Jeffrey. Jeffrey. It's Jeffrey. Any Jeffrey. butler is always called Jeffrey. Joffrey. It's it's Jeffrey, Matt. Joffrey. It's, or yeah. as Will would call him, G. Yeah. <laughs> Ross Bagley as Nikki Banks, which like is a very like small role, obviously, like later on in the seasons. And of course, DJ Jazzy Jeff as Jazz. One of the things I love most about the show is that they had so many guest appearances. Obviously, like not The Simpsons is obviously gonna have more, but 57 guest appearances between like Don Cheadle, Bo Jackson, Queen Latifah, Isaiah Thompson's. Isaiah Thompson, Evanderlei Holyfield, Does he have Oprah. One or two Evander ears? Holyfield. Oh my God, Adrian. Does I'm he have just... one or two ears at this time? No. <laughs> two ears. Two ears. Yeah, this is two years. Because he shows up in season one. So I'm pretty sure he has. This is two he years. Has two years. Evander Holyfield. Uh, Oprah, Tom Jones, Hugh Hefner, because Hillary has that, uh, that thing where she does, she's like, does the Playboy thing. Boys to Men, Kareem, Abdul Jabbar, Kim Griffey Jr., Jay Leno, BB King, Chris Rock. William Shatner, Gary Coleman, 45 is in it. And Quincy Jones himself actually shows up. Or a whole bunch of other people so who, usually just, who usually just play themselves. Because since they're in Beverly Hills, they live in an area apparently where every famous celebrity lives. <laughs> I guess every famous celebrity is like their neighbor. So they get a lot of celebrity guests. Fun fact. I listened to a lot of blues because of the BB King episode. And my mom was like, do you know who he is? Here's some of his music. And so when I was like a little youngin, me and my mom listened to BB King and other blues things. So how much yeah. Prince. So I do got a question here. Cause obviously we did Seinfeld and then we've doing this one now. Do they even do celebrity guests anymore on TV shows? I don't think I so. Don't think so. 
I don't because think I mean so. I know you brought up the Simpsons, but Seinfeld also had a ton, and then I think we've done a few other shows that we probably can look at, especially if we do any. It, if I, I think of like sitcoms, like Modern Family doesn't really have any. Well, what I'm saying, like all the new ones that I can think of, and obviously I don't watch as that many. They just don't have any celebrity thing. Yeah. Versus this, I can you know, there's more in here than we probably had all. There of also Family. aren't that many sitcoms anymore, too. Well, that's also true. true. Yeah, and I also know that like Quincy Jones is attached to this show, so that just in and of itself, his entire Rolodex gets yeah, like it's like, hey man, <laughs> yeah. hey Evander, you want to come? Uh, <laughs> you want to come on the on the show? And I'm pretty sure that that helps a lot. I mean, you don't get these kind of people on your show without kind of some kind of pool. And if you like, look at the list of like the entire list. It's a lot of like black actors, which is yeah makes sense with with the show and so the Jr., Vander Holyfield, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, those ain't Bo Jackson. It's what? got everybody. Those aren't actors. Oh yeah, those aren't actors. Yeah. Oh, I, I give celebrities. Uh, I guess I mean a lot of actors, but I put a lot of the uh, sports people because you're here. Oh, thanks. There was there was there was a bunch of actors actually. <laughs> I had to put Hugh Hefner in there, and you know, come on, man, Quincy Jones plays himself. Don Cheadle, the Don Cheadle stuff is is really great. See, it's really interesting to see him as like a kid messing around with Will Smith after we've seen him and so much other stuff over the over the years. So it's nice little when you go back and watch the show, it's nice little nuggets of like, oh, hey, I know who that is kind of things. Yeah. So that's really the production history. Very fast paced thing that happened and just turned into what we know now as the Fresh Prince. Are you still looking for those last minute holiday gifts? Are you shopping for some pop culture fans or, you know, just looking to treat yourself? Well, we got you covered. Head over to fun.com to grab anime-themed ugly sweaters, a wapple rug, pop culture blazers, and a bunch of whole other exclusives. Fun.com has the best selection of gifts that can be anything from clothing, both fun and professional variety, to toys from brands like Star Wars, Disney, Harry Potter, Marvel, DC, and more. Yeah, that all sounds amazing. And guess what? You all can use our link that's in the show notes to get 15% off right now at fun.com and finish your holiday shopping today. Get right Yo, in. I'm ready to get into the meat of this. Yeah, let's do it. So for the But Why Those, it does have a successful live run and also a successful syndication run. So the show basically goes from 1990 to 1996, and it racks up six seasons spanning 148 episodes, all of which are on NBC which is crazy to me. As someone asked me how many episodes, I was like, oh, 148. And they're like, wait, 148? And I was like, yeah, there's like 20-something episodes in the first that's season. That's what I'm saying. It's amazing. Like, And that's why I brought that up earlier, just like how many episodes these older shows pumped out. Because I'm like, man, six seasons? That's like nothing. But then I'm like, wait a minute, 148 episodes? There's shows on here today that have like 10 seasons and don't even get to 50. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, and uh, and again, it kind of runs on a Monday night spot, which um, anyone will tell you who is a person like you're always competing against like Monday night football numbers, at least in the nineties, I guess. I don't even know if that's so much a thing anymore, but basically runs in that spot against Monday night football for, for a long time. And then in the later half of the nineties, you have to compete against Monday night football and Monday night wars with wrestling. So they're just kind of like in a real bad spot. It's funny um, hearing that because I remember run. watching this show always like on afternoons after school. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's not well, like Monday nights. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And that and that's the syndication stuff that we'll talk about yeah. here in a second. But when it was live, the ratings or I guess now the ratings, seven point nine on IMDB, eight point eight on TV.com, ninety percent ninety-six percent Google audience score, eighty-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and a really weird fifty-nine on Metacritic. It, it's terrible. A, terrible. It's like thirteen reviews from two thousand thirteen. 
And I don't want to say that it's a certain kind of reviewer, but I feel like it's a certain kind, <laughs> of reviewer, certain kind of reviewer. Because if you look at like all the other ones, it has like you know hundreds of of, of reviews, and these thirteen people for some reason kind of tank that review. So to be Even fair, like one of the- um, not to be fair, but to be realistic of Metacritic, Metacritic, um, we've talked about this before. Anybody that's listened to us, Metacritic is based, especially in their TV and film section, on about a hundred different outlets, in which these are outlets that are like from the nineties. Um, basically if you ran a newspaper, if you don't even know what a newspaper is, um, like a radio station, like the scent, like I think the St. Louis dispatch is on there. It's like the old guard of media, which the old guard of media looks a certain way. Yeah. And so, and Metacritic refuses, they've been updating some of their site, but when it comes to TV and film, Metacritic will not update that side. And so like the San Francisco Chronicle's on there. I'm like, you're a newspaper. Why? I mean, not saying you don't do stuff, but like, why am I supposed to care what you have to say about Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Um... But yeah, that's that's what sucks about Metacritic because Rotten Tomatoes has its own issues, which we've probably mentioned plenty of times. But Metacritic, when it comes to TV and film, it's just always like I'm not surprised when I hear. Thank you, like Chad. That. Glad to know you gave this a twenty. Yeah, it, it, it's stuff like that too. Like a twenty, like come on, man, a twenty. And that doesn't no, include the fact that so these are unrealistic. From, and that doesn't even include the fact that these are from 2013, which puts them almost 20 years. And we've seen what changes in like the last five years, let alone the last 10, 15, yeah. 20 yeah, I think plus like years. One of, the, one of like the audience or like one of like the public uh, reviews on Metacritic was like, no, the show's great. I don't know what these people are talking about, <laughs> like digging out. Like, because he used his review to just to dig on the, re- the actual certified reviewers, which is crazy. But um, we, I know we talked about it before the show, but I think Rotten Tomatoes is, is, is pretty pretty spot on. I, I think 82% is a um, decent score considering sitcoms and considering 90s sitcoms. Like, there's powerhouse sitcoms that we've covered here before right. um, during that same time, which we'll talk about here in a little bit because interestingly enough, when we talk about awards, The Fresh Prince has no Emmys. It has one nomination over the course of its run, but it's also competing against powerhouse shows from the 80s and early 90s like The Golden Girls, Murphy Brown, Cheers, Seinfeld, Home Improvement, Frasier, and Friends towards the end of its run, um, which, if I'm being honest, kind of all have one thing in common between all of those things. <laughs> those are all not... Uh, not diverse. Not diverse sitcoms. Say. Because I am interested to see if we do talk about 90s, because obviously we do have, we mentioned in the Seinfeld episode how much it took down, but I would to see how much it would compare and what the awards are for what we get in the other shows with Family Matters that also comes out in the, I believe in the 90s, yeah. is that correct? Um, yeah, so early 90s is also looks very different than mid-90s to right. early 2000s. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. That's why I there wonder, are a lot yeah. of... Well, when, when I was looking at, like, the Emmy nominations for that year, like, these were the shows that were nominated. Family Matters, yeah. um, Family Matters, you know, even, like, the Cosby Show, because the Cosby Show is still yes. going on at this time. None of those shows are nominated. Like, Damn. these are the shows that yeah. are being nominated at that time, all white sitcoms. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but if I'm being honest, like, Family Matters is better than most of, like, these shows that are being nominated oh, here, yeah. in my I opinion. Seinfeld's um, probably the only one that I like over... Probably. Yeah, I, yeah, I would agree. I would agree there. And I think, too, like, it's already been shown and, and they've done the data, at least on, like, the film side of, like, they're, like, they introduced the barest of bare diversity standards for films for the Oscars. And it was a whole, like, a whole bunch of the old film guard just like, but I would never watch that. And it's like, okay, yeah. but why? Because is yeah. it because there are five black and brown people in here? Is this why? <laughs> yeah. So, like, it is very easy to show that when your critic body looks a certain way, which at that point it was, it tends to skew a certain way. And you way got too. you got Murphy Brown, which represented all women for, like, a yes, decade. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the Golden Girls. There was no yeah. no difference. Yeah. 
I'm, so I just talked that up to being those people just being Metacritic people is, is what I'm going to chalk that up yeah. to. Um, with that being said, it does have awards and, and a bunch of other ones that are kind of like really not super major, to be honest. A lot of them come from Ashley Banks and Carlton Banks getting awards up. because of like their acting. I think one of the ones that's most interesting is the TP de Oro Award, which basically they won Best Foreign Series in Mexico. Which That's cool. Which we've, which we've covered before, like, Mexico watches the hell out of, like, TV. They have, yeah. what is it, I don't know if they still have it, but I remember, like, a stat when I was younger, like, they have, like, the most TVs per capita of, like, most major but countries. it's weird because they don't do movies. Yeah, they just have so much mm-hmm. TV. We consume a lot of media, y'all, and mm-hmm. apparently they really love the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So moving on from there, obviously, I was born in 1993. I don't remember watching this on on NBC. I watched most of this in syndication, or all of this in syndication. So, again... Thinking about syndication, Monday nights in the 90s, again, not the best place to be. When you're on NBC, you're competing against Monday Night Football and Monday Night Wars in the late 90s. However, at the end of the fourth season, NBC wanted... So it was doing well, right? Like, it does well up into the fourth season, pulls decent numbers. But NBC wanted to pull the plug after that fourth season, after an average mediocre 8.6 rating. But the reruns were drawing a 7.4. So the network figured that there was more money to be made in the syndicated runs of the show rather than spending money to produce new episodes. However, the managers of the local NBA affiliates pleaded to save the Fresh Prince. Apparently, they thought the show could become one of those super successful shows where people religiously watched their favorite episodes. To avoid oversaturating viewers with the episodes they already had, about 100 at that time, the station managers agreed to buy the fifth and sixth seasons at a greatly inflated price adding 50 more shows to the respective libraries and helping avoid burning out the audience. NBC basically went on and produced that fifth and sixth season of the TV show. So, you know, local NBA affiliates saved the show and we get that fifth and sixth season, but it also jumpstarts the syndication of them allowing to kind of rerun those episodes in a way that was easy to consume. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, I, and I think too, oh, go ahead. I was like, because I'm like you, like, I don't even get to this country until about like 91 at this point. And so, like, I don't remember watching any of this until pretty much it comes into syndication and like after school yeah. versus like prime anything. I think it's 91 when I get here. I don't yeah. know, 91 or 92 when I come to this country. But it's, yeah, that's, I don't remember ever watching this at night. And I didn't, honestly, probably before you said this, I didn't even know it was on primetime TV. I mean, I probably could have assumed, but it was just not at the time. Yeah. yeah and and, and that's a, yeah, go for it. No, I'm the same as both of you. Like I watched it uh, not as it was coming out, but I watched it every I watched it every night and I watched it when I got back from school. Yeah, so it's one of those things where and I'll, I'll talk about this here in a second, but the the show currently airs on MTV2. Didn't know that was a little channel, BT <sighs> and VH1. Oh, <laughs> while previously airing reruns on WGN America, TBS, Nick at Night, Teen Nick Disney XD, ABC Family, Centric, MTV, and CMT. I did not know know that they showed this on CMT. Not CMT. I want to know what is is Centric MTV? Centric is like its own thing. I don't know what Centric is. Centric is a separate TV channel. You know what? Centric MTV could have been its own channel because I don't even know what the MTV is anymore. But CMT really blows me away. (laughs) CMT I'm very, very interested in doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I watched it on TBS and Nick at Night. I watched same TBS, um, Nick at Night, and WG America. Yeah, same here. And I think a- I want to say some ABC Family, but I'm not gonna. I won't put too far. But yeah, definitely I don't not think I CMT. This one on ABC Family. I watched Family Matters on ABC Family. See, that's probably the more one I watched on ABC Family. Yeah, same here. 
So the series did develop significant popularity in the UK, where it aired on BBC Two between 1991 and 1996. So basically, as Matt's transition, yeah, I didn't get to see. I, they, they brought it to my country, and then I left, and I didn't get to get it. <laughs> um, with the reruns airing on television networks between 1996 and 2004, which was shown alongside The Simpsons, and was later repeated on Bravo. Trouble Channel One Living Sky Living Ones Viva MTV Nickelodeon and currently um, Comedy Central. So I guess I guess it's still on a bunch of shows, a bunch of channels in the UK, which I think is super cool. But I currently, do, the series is streaming on HBO and along with the Thirtieth Reunion, which is really great. I do want to say, give a shout out to Bravo, which was the best three AM programming ever with the Celebrity Poker. Oh my God, I love this is true. Bravo is Celebrity true. Poker at like three AM. So from there, there is actually no musical, unfortunately, but the show does have the plenty of music. The whole show is a musical, isn't it? That's what I was going to say, but the, the, the thing has so many musical scenes because every one of that show is, like, super talented and a performer. Like, like Hubert's, like, a like went to Juilliard. You know, Uncle Phil's classically trained. Tatiana yeah, he's a Shakespeare. Up, he's a Shakespearean actor, right? Yeah, exactly. And then Ashley, like, goes on to be, like, an actual singer. Like, there's lots of talent there. So maybe not you know, musicals, but there are lots of musical numbers. There is a planned reboot in the works in nope. 2019. A mock trailer titled Bear Lair was uploaded on YouTube, written and directed by Morgan Cooper for a darker, more dramatic reimagining of the sitcom. Will Smith subsequently heavily praised the fan film, commenting that Morgan did a ridiculous trailer for Bel Air, brilliant idea, the dramatic version of The Fresh Prince for the next generation, expressing interest in expanding the idea beyond the short film into a full Bel Air reboot series. In August 2020, it was announced that Will Smith and Morgan Cooper could be developing a reboot series um, on Cooper's Bel Air. The series reportedly had been in the works for over a year since Cooper posted um, his Bel Air trailer on YouTube. And on September 8th, Peacock gave Bel Air a two-season order. I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but it's pretty good. It's it, it's, I'm it's not going to lie. I'm not. Just... I, I would actually be down to watch it with like Will Smith being Uncle Phil. That would be really good. I think that, that would be really cool. It feels like a, a natural progression. I just don't want... I'm tired of natural progression like this. Just give me... I just don't need it to be Bel Air. Just give me something that's basically... If you want to do something like this, I'm not opposed. But just I just don't understand why we have to reboot to back up, I guess. I, I You know, and I'm like that with a lot of things, but I don't know why it does. I, I can't tell you why it doesn't bother me. Like, I would actually be like... I guess because I'm just like, it's the wholesome content that I need right now of just like Will Smith going into, you know, his old, you know, yeah. a role that like he was, a, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, watch it. It's like a three minute trailer. I think it's worth the watch. I remember this one first came in 2019. I was about it. Like it, it's. I, I will know. say it's... I will say it's better to watch than whatever the hell they're trying to do with the Powerpuff Girls. Um, I will give it better than that. <laughs> Yeah, so the the thing for for the show itself that it's not kind of like you know, Powerpuff is a great example, right? It's Powerpuff Girls, but just like a different animation style. Ben Ten, but just a different animation style. Like this is more of like a, I'd, I'd probably say more of like a reimagining, where you know probably less less jokes, more serious stuff on some of the issues that they actually do go through. So, um, you know, Peacock's free, so you don't got to pay nothing to watch this show, which I'm excited about because I'm tired of another subscription service. Yeah, kind of to wrap up our syndication talk here. I think for me personally. Um, when I'm thinking about the sitcoms that I used to watch when I was a kid, Nick and Knight is where I watched probably a lot of my, my sitcoms yeah. um, when I was growing up. And given given that there wasn't any brown TV shows, 
like this was like the closest thing I got to seeing not watching Frasier or Will and Grace or XYZ Home Improvement or X like, like we talked about like a lot of white sitcoms and there wasn't a lot of like people of color let alone um someone like Carlton who I kind of like socially identified with in in a show so the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air started on Nick and Night in 2004 um Basically, like the only sh- the big show that I watched that had non-white cast until I get the George Lopez show, like forever from now. Um, Family Matters isn't on Nick and Knight until 2008. I was never a big Crosby show fan, even though it was on there in 2002. Different Strokes was like only on there for like a year, and The Jeffersons was on there since '99. But I honestly like didn't really like the I Jeffersons. Can't do I, it. I've tried watching it the Jeffersons. Too old. It's too old. Yeah, I, was, I can't do it. I, I can't do it. And, you know, like Latinx sitcoms don't really exist in the late 90s and don't even really exist now. So, they like, don't this is like exist the... now. <laughs> well, there's uh, literally, so there's just... like, there's one. There yeah. is one. And it's so, been canceled twice. So I guess for me, obviously, I did like The Cosby Show. Obviously, it's a little weird watching it now. Um, <laughs> um, but I did watch The Cosby Show, but I was also like another one of those that came on at, I think it was 5.30 a.m. and 6, 6 a.m. So when you pull the all-nighter, you could watch it. I do remember watching that one. Um, I was never biggest fan of George Lopez show. I did watch uh, uh, uh what the heck is his name? I don't know if it's Marwin Wayne Mar- or, Mar- it... or oh the Wayne's brothers. Wayne's brothers. Wayne's brothers I th- he has a family sitcom show that I really enjoyed. Yeah, his show. yeah, that, yeah. But yeah, I don't remember that, that what year that af- one is. That yeah, one, I know like it's after 90s. this. Is it yeah. is it mid nineties? Because I remember I used to yeah. watch that one all the time. And that was going to be my point here, too. And obviously, like, I don't want to, like, speak too much about, like, what it's like um, in the black experience, like, watching all these sitcom shows. Because basically, like, after the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and I don't, I don't want, I guess I don't want to say after the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but, like, basically, like, after, like, Family Matters, Cosby Show, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, we get a whole bunch of other, like, black sitcoms. Like, Jamie Foxx gets a show. Yep. The Waynes Brothers get a show. Yep. Um, we have a whole bunch of, like, black sitcoms, but no brown ones. And then 9-11 why... happens, and then we have nothing. Yeah, basically. And that's why, like, I gravitated too much, so much to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, because they cover a lot of the things that I can identify with, um, while, you know, they were relatively similar to me in ways that, like, Home Improvement wasn't, as much as I liked watching Home Improvement. I guess not anymore, yeah. right? Because I guess we can't like, like Home Improvement Did you actually anymore, ever but... like Home Improvement? I did never I did. I never I did. I did. I it, always, it always made me wanted to have a house, like, with a, with a neighbor where I could, like, just poke my head over the fence, <laughs> which, which I have now, actually. So whenever he's outside and I'm outside, I'm like, hey, man. I felt I like, like I was forced to like Home Improvement. I just could never, like, I didn't, like, hate it, but I didn't really, like, I was like, I don't understand why people love this show. I mean, I didn't love it, but you know, if it was on, I'd, I'd watch it. You know, it was a hard one for me. Home Improvement was a hard one, and I didn't care about Frasier. Okay, so next I, we're going to get I in. didn't get to talk about my show. Oh, yeah, go for show. it. Sorry, go Kate. Go for it. <laughs> Good, that's what you get. That, that ain't how we feel for 160 episodes. <laughs> no, yeah, go for I, it. no, similar to what Adrian said, like, there, there was nobody like me on TV anywhere. So the only one that was a sitcom was Taina. And so Taino was the only time I saw like a Latina on TV with a with a, a who looked like me. Like she was a brown woman, her family was brown, they looked like me and I could see myself in that. I didn't know that. I didn't know like the Latino history involved with Fresh Prince until way later. But like um for me Like, I really gravitated towards The Fresh Prince, towards Family Matters. My mom and I used to watch A Different World a lot, which I think is before Mm -hmm. that. Um, My mom uh, was at Living Single. My mom watched a hell of a lot of. um, And then, of course, like, Moesha. Like, all of those shows, like, all of the big shows that came out, like, 
I really leaned on them because like the the experience wasn't one for one like you said but it was way closer than watching mm-hmm. like the middle class white family yeah. <laughs> like it was just way closer because a lot of the stuff that happened on there like I could also identify with because it was just a different experience and I think one of the things that I really like uh, when, when you kind of like step back and you look at again like not speaking for the black experience but it's very interesting to look at like at i guess matt pre-2001 when 9-11 kind of made all diversity go away which i think we talked about in our diehard episode you had shows that just focused on families and middle class black families and the difference in class and like a different world was just kids at an hbcu and like just living their lives and it dealt with the issue so naturally versus I feel like now and I feel like we're starting to get away from it but a lot of the time like if you do get a let the next show if you do get a black show it's like okay how much Kate how much pain can we put them through in the inner city and that's the show that you're gonna get whereas like in the 90s it was like no this is just a family being a family going through family stuff going through some of the shitty stuff that yeah they would go through because of their identity but also it isn't just that and that's like one of the like the really really cool things um but yeah, i think for me nick at night was george lopez or tb it was always tbs and nick at night for george lopez and fresh prince and then family matters was abc family with full house full house was the only white show that i really really liked when i was younger i didn't like cause... that until i was older that was weird um I was like, <laughs> so i did kind of google while we, you were talking about some shows i did watch a lot of the steve harvey show uh, oh I yeah i really love the steve harvey show i love that one um i watched i mean some of these like hanging mr cooper i never got into uh, that, that one that's the one with sinbad i watched that one i watched I some watched of it that but that one. was not one that i definitely i watched that one a lot i that loved one. that one um Married with Children was a not one I could ever really get into. My either. dad really liked Married. Apparently, with children, people love that I one. Never... I never understood that one. I watched it on FX, and I thought it was funny, but it's like it's real dark. It has its yeah. moments, it's, but it I is very dark. I don't even consider that a sitcom. Like that's just dark. Um, obviously, just looking at some other ones just to see thing obviously growing pain so obviously that's like ends in like the early nineties. I watched that because Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> I can't, that one I can't take serious because it has a crazy guy in there now that made me hate that show. Uh, what was the, the son that's Kirk in there? Kirk Cameron. Yeah, there we go. That guy is out there. I mean, obviously you have like Boy Meets World, depending on the age limits you go. Okay, I did like, watch Boy Meets World. Well, yeah, but I'm talking yeah. about like you have some of the age when obviously Step by Step was apparently another one that was all throughout the whole 90s. Yeah. And I think the big thing here is that, I mean, I don't even know, like maybe Nick at Night deserves an episode, but like... That was like where syndication thing went to go live yeah. and why I right. think those things, those shows are so popular. Because all those shows you just mentioned, I didn't watch any of those on primetime TV. I, I didn't watch yeah. all of those on Nick and Knight or, you know, things like ABC Family and things like that. Yeah. I think you're right, Adrian. That and like the good day, the good old days of UPN at like from one o'clock to three p.m. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's why when I was like looking up these things for what, what showed on Nick at Night, I didn't even realize the George Lopez show was a primetime TV show. I thought yes. that was just like a Nick. I thought that was just a Nick at Night show. So that, that one, I did, one I do remember. That, on that I did. That I did watch on primetime. That I one did I did wa- watch on primetime. I attempted that one on primetime, mainly and then because it became a like my me. family was like, "We're gonna support our people, and we're we all to gonna t- <laughs> we're all gonna tune in and watch this." Uh, what a sad, what a sad time, what a sad time. Uh, that's a perfect transition for some of the controversies that I'm going to sandwich in here with the other stuff because we got to talk about it at some point. But Will Smith actually had a bunch of tax troubles going into 
the filming of The Fresh Prince. Like many young people who suddenly become rich and famous, overnight Smith was terrible with his money. He reportedly owed the IRS $2.8 million in unpaid taxes by 1990. And he basically agrees to do the Fresh Prince as a way to kind of get out of debt, essentially. It was so bad that Will Smith had to surrender 70% of his pay from the show for the first three seasons of the IRS. Oh, crap. I will say my... So I've become like this weird back and forth with this. Because one, I still think people are... We need to... We've gotten past the age of like, you know... Like, especially because I obviously look at more athletes and obviously not so much actor stuff, but like you see, broke, like, I think it's almost like 30% of athletes end up going broke or something after the while. Yeah. So, obviously, we have a problem with educating just people in general with like, I mean, obviously, with child actors and stuff, but just money. Young how to work. people. Young people with money. What? No, no, just, just like young people. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Child with money. But then I learned, and then when you grow up and you learn that the mitochondria at the powerhouse of the cell, but you have no idea how to do your taxes, and you learn this country hates you. Doing your taxes is ridiculous. Ridiculous, and I understand, and I feel for all the people who end up going for jail for taxes. Except like Messi, who, when you're doing it in Spain, you know what you're doing. But like Wesley Snipes ends up going to jail. Obviously, <laughs> Will Smith ends up having problems, and you can probably just pull up a list of how many people get hit by yeah. the IRS. And I, just as of over time, I feel so bad of like how bad our tax system is. Yeah, like part of me is like I feel like some of these people just wanted to keep their money and be rich, and the other part of me is like nobody told this young kid how they're supposed right. to file taxes. That's what I'm on that's this giant like, amount of money, like said, first, it's totally not their fault. No, that's how I felt because I'm like, I'm always like, how do people keep getting hit with taxes and you don't know what pay your money? What you think? And then like, as you fill your tax, you're like, oh my gosh, you, nobody knows how to do taxes, and it's only gotten taxes worse. Taxes like, are made to just get people in a lie. And then and I look at other them. countries and how they do their taxes, and I'm like, never mind. America just hates us. No wonder we're all in debt. <laughs> yeah, um, especially. I mean, it, it, it's kind of crazy, like considering, right? Like Will Smith gets his start in music, like I think when he's like 16, 17. Right. And yeah. you know, by he's the time a baby. he's baby, yeah. By the time he's twenty one, he's winning a a Grammy for like the the first rap rap song to win like a Grammy. Like it's it's huge. Yeah. And then he has a bunch of debt, so much debt, in fact, that the IRS also reportedly took a chunk of the money that he got from the syndication. Which oh is wow. Huge. Like, that's that's a long-standing amount of debt that dude had. Um, he's fine now, obviously, right? Because he's Will Smith. But um, he basically said that he had to largely live off the royalties from his music during the show because the ma- tax man took all of his money for the first, like, three seasons plus syndication, which is pretty crazy. I did not know that until I was doing the notes for this episode. I was like, oh, wow, I... Not something I would have figured... Well, I guess it makes sense, right? After everything, like, Matt... Uh, you, you and Matt said, um, but... That's I've learned that, that I've learned if you're young and you were rich or famous, you've probably done something bad with your money, either on purpose or just basically the government made it so confusing you have no idea. Two and- things. You accidentally misfiled your taxes and now the government's coming for you. Or you hired an accountant to do your taxes and they stole all your money and now the government's coming for you. Yes. Those are the two situations <laughs> that happen with young rich kids. Yes. Yeah. It, it's bad. But I mean, it's fine. I mean, by by nineteen, like what, like sixty seven, or like like shortly after the the show, he basically does Big Willie style, sells oh, a bunch of sells a bunch of records. Why do you keep uh, saying nineteen sixty seven and nineteen sixty? Nineteen ninety six. Because I think I think I think what it is is because my version of time, like that's so long ago. Like it's almost you know it's over nineteen nineties thirty years ago. And I guess in my mind, I don't picture that as a long time. That's a long ass time. So I guess like in my mind, I'm like, oh, 60s. Like that's a long time ago. But now that's like a really, really long time ago. I think that's where my mm-hmm. mind keeps going. I don't. Oh, wanna, that makes sense. I don't want to be old is, is where I'm going. Until 2002, you didn't know that? 
We haven't aged past that. 2012. It's fine, right? It's fine. The 90s were 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh the other day we were laying in bed and Matt said something. I was like, oh, yeah, that was 10 years ago. He's like, Kate, no. No, that's oh, not. That's it, not the it. The YouTube album thing. And I said it came out, and I said it was like 25 years ago. And she, go, and she goes, no. And I said, oh, in 2004. And she was like, oh, you mean like 10 years ago? And I was like, no. Or no, I said some, and said like 1994 or something like that. And she yeah. was like, oh, you mean like 15, 16 years ago? I was like, oh, no, yeah, 1994 no. is 26 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Um, so other controversy, probably like the biggest one surrounding the show is the two aunt vivs. It's pretty standard for like sitcom shows, especially during this time to kind of like switch out actresses and actors and things like that. And we kind of don't really care about it after, but this one actually had a pretty big blowout that kind of lasted for basically for 30 years, essentially. So between season three and four, um, or yeah, between season three and four, the original aunt Vivian was replaced and, the basically the change was like murky for years. Like no one really knew like why they changed, but apparently there was like early reports that Hubert was being difficult with her contract negotiations. She had gotten pregnant during the third season, which was like reportedly a breach of her contract. And then other reports said that Smith thought that Hubert was trying to make the show all about her and Smith wanted her gone. So he pushed her out. So basically for like nearly three decades, Smith and Hubert didn't speak and more or less feuded in the media. Not quite like rock and like Tyrese levels, but there's we don't have any like... crying Instagram videos. <laughs> No, not on this one, I don't think. But there's definitely animosity there. So for a couple of quotes, Smith told Atlanta radio station in 1993, the original controversy, I can't say straight up that Jenny Hubert wanted the show to be the Aunt Viv of Bel Air show because I know she's going to dog me in the press. She was, she has basically gone from a quarter of a million dollars a year to nothing. She's mad now, but she has been mad all along. She once said, I've been in the business for 10 years and then this snotty punk comes along and gets a show no matter what to her i'm just the antichrist um and this just wasn't this just wasn't smith either um alfonso also had some things to say he said you know legally i'm not allowed to talk about it but hey why not basically at the end of the day the he bleeps himself was crazy she went nuts long story short there were days where we were all on set and she would literally go off on people and they got to the point by the time the second season came along, we were like, this is unacceptable. We felt like when we were doing the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air that we were a family, she at the point ruined that and she made it very difficult for us to work. And unfortunately she was then fired. They brought in Daphne who absolutely, who we absolutely loved and we moved on. Oh, well, we learned a little bit more in the reunion special that Hubert agreed to, um, when she agreed to come on the show and talk to Smith after basically 27 years, we learned that Hubert was in an abusive relationship during the time of her pregnancy and that she basically stopped interacting with the cast on her own accord. And then she made it known that her career was essentially over after leaving the show because all of the things that Smith and the production said about her, she's quoted in the special as saying, but you took all that away from me with your words. Hubert said, words can kill. I lost everything, reputation, everything. I understand that you were able to move forward, but you know those words, calling a black woman difficult in Hollywood is the kiss of death, and it's hard enough being a dark-skinned black woman in this business. She would eventually come back like onto the set with the entire cast to kind of have the nice reunion. Daphne Maxwell-Reed hadn't even met her this whole time, yeah. and she had originally like been pegged to, to be Aunt Viv in the, in, in the first place. So basically a big old controversy there with yeah. the... Uh... And she points out in the reunion, too, that like... 
she wasn't fired. They just said she couldn't work anywhere else. And the man she was with wasn't bringing in any money and everything was relying on her and she needed to work somewhere else. So she just didn't, they, they just parted. And so apparently she wasn't really fired, or at least that's what she said. Yeah. But it's all really sad when you think about it, because what I really like about the reunion special is there's this moment where she's talking with Will and you can tell that like Will Smith is like kind of like connecting the dots. Like he's realizing all those times that he thought she was mean, like she was really just going through it and wasn't, you know, it wasn't personal. And it's like a really... It's a really sad moment because you kind of realize, oh, well, these people should have just kind of like talked at the time, but I understand why she didn't. But like, it is one of those things where like you can kind of see them kind of like an actually like genuinely meet back in the middle after all this time, which is really interesting. And the fact that like he took what she said really well, too, because he could have been super defensive and instead he's just kind of like, no, I, I get it now. Like, I, yeah, I'm sorry. And he like totally owns up to kind of destroying her, her career. Uh, I will say since I watched this in syndication, I it was weird because I didn't like watch it like prime time, so I didn't get like so like I would go from like random episode from season yeah, to season, that makes sense. and so I do know for a while it wasn't until I learned about this that this was weird to me because I was always like obviously I was still like a kid and stuff. I was like, are those two different people? Because because yeah. you know because like especially sometimes syndication, what they'll do too is they run off of different timelines, and so you don't yeah. get episode one and two. You get maybe this syndication at A is running off of season one right now. Syndication B, which is right after, is running off of season two, and so it definitely got a lot of uh, weird uh, timeline stuff. And obviously, being a kid, I like I didn't know. It was just like this. This looks I'm like I think these are two different people, but I don't yeah. know because the same show. Um, so I will say that was interesting, at least watching the show in syndication. It's been with a few other shows, but I do remember explicitly this one, especially because obviously the big difference difference because it wasn't like she was just like a random. I mean, I guess she was not like a side character, but you know, main character. But she was you know an essential character, and so it was interesting to see, like especially as a kid, seeing that. Yeah, and there's definitely like different camps, right? Like, um, a, going back and rewatching the show, like I am right now. She's a good actress. Like she's a great on Viv. Like she's a very Her strong, dance educated. Episode is yeah, so it's, good. It's one of the best. Yeah, it's one of the best. Like it, it spawned TikTok challenges and things like that. Like it's it's good. She she's really really great. It's just really unfortunate that it it went down like that. Um, yeah. So from there, we'll kind of talk about some of like the bigger kind of hard hitting episodes slash moments that I think really stand out. And thinking back to when we're talking about that almost getting canceled after season four. I think these are some of the episodes that people will go back and watch or go back and reference because like at the, like the beginning and the end of the day, like it is a comedy sitcom and there's a plethora of funny moments throughout the entire seasons. Like I think of like when Jeffrey won fake ones, fake, fake wins the lottery or when they go down to the pool hall and uncle Phil hustles the pool shark. Like there's some like really like funny and, and good episodes, but there are some episodes of the fresh Prince of Bel-Air, even starting in season one that really do hit on, harder issues than just being a teenager or just general family drama um, that are, you know, sadly for some of them still relevant 30 years later. So I just want to run through a couple of them, even starting from the first episode. So season one, episode one, the Fresh Prince project. This is the first episode where Will arrives and basically embarrasses uncle Phil at a party. And I guess like, since you watch this in like, I mean, me too, right? I watch a lot of this syndication. Like, you'll kind of see more of the timeline as we kind of go through some of this. But the episode basically ends with Uncle Phil and Will having their talk. And Will basically essentially tells him that he forgot where he came from. Basically saying, like, 
you know, he's he that Will grew up in the project, he doesn't understand the struggle. But Will explain or but Uncle Phil explains that, you know, he heard Malcolm X talk, like all these people that he puts up on his wall, he was there yeah. in that struggle. He experiences like that same kind of racism, things like that. And they kind of have like that difference where Will doesn't understand Uncle Phil, but the episode ends with Will playing Beethoven on the piano, hinting that Uncle Phil may also misjudge Will like Will did to him, kind of hitting on kind of minority success and kind of the ability to like code switch and like when do you code switch? Do you have to code switch? Do you can just be yourself in a big party and things like that? I think and that, that was that's episode one. Yeah, I think that that's also one of the things that I really appreciate from the Fresh Prince, like now. And I, I got it then. And my mom kind of talked to me about it too, like when we would watch it together and stuff. It's just like the idea that, like, in order to succeed, you have to be somebody completely different than you. And like how that's kind of like pushed into us, like when we're younger. Um, and I think that, like, I don't know, it, it's also one of the reasons why I really loved the Fresh Prince because, like, those were like those were talks that my mom had with me. Like, my mom would tell me not to say certain words when we were out in public. Or, like, she would, like, there were sometimes, like, when my mom would ask and my grandma didn't speak at doctor's appointments because of how the doctors would treat my grandma. Like, there's just, like, those different levels to, like, stuff that I think the Fresh Prince hit on, like, in episode one. But also throughout the rest of the stuff that's, like, really, really strong and still really, really important. Yeah, so even going from there, same same season, episode six, Mistaken Identity. Carlton and Will take Uncle Phil's legal partner's car to a different city to go on a trip, and they are pulled over by a cop, and Carlton basically has to come to grips with what it's like to be black outside of, like, his sheltered upbringing in, in Bel Air. Like, they get pulled over, and Will says, you know, make sure your hands are on the wheel, and then he tries to go shake the, the cop's hand, and the cop tells him to put his hand on his wheel. And basically throughout the whole episode, Carlton just thinks that the justice system is going to work itself out and everything's going to be fine. But he doesn't really realize until the end that, like, they got stopped because they're two black kids in a nice car. Not necessarily. They just, the cop was confused kind of thing. It's kind of going back to the whole, cops kind of suck a lot of the time. And they're racist. And we're experiencing that stuff now. Um, so that's kind of, that's like episode six. I didn't realize, like, that happened so early on also in the series yeah where they're automatically at, hitting that looking at the episode numbers i had because again i watched it in syndication i had no idea they just came in real hard real in like they don't say real hard like in a negative way but just like they just put it all out there from the beginning yeah then season one episode 17 ethnic tip aunt viv who is basically like a college professor comes to will and carlton's school which is basically a, a prep school with a bunch of white kids like they're like the only two black kids in the entire school um, she comes to come teach black history after the both of them complain that there isn't enough of their history being taught in class. Will thinks he basically knows everything about black history, but turns out he doesn't really know anything outside of like black history cliff notes. And Aunt Viv basically has to, like school him on the history, really kind of hitting on kind of understanding your heritage and like, and, and things like that. Um, really understanding the story and not just like what you read in your bad history books. Yeah. Season two, episode six, who guess who comes to marry? This is the one where Will's mom, Viola, doesn't approve of Janice's husband, basically her sister's um, soon to be husband, who is white. Even the whole family is thrown off. They have that whole interaction where they express they didn't realize that Frank was tall, um, where they're like avoiding saying white. <laughs> um, and basically, like so much so that Vi uh, protests the wedding and doesn't like, doesn't want Will to attend it kind of hitting on like interracial couples and kind of prejudice in in um that realm season two episode 23 be my baby tonight 
Will freaks out when Ashley asks him about sex. Um, and basically, Will has to confront his own kind of womanizing because he tells Ashley that he doesn't want her to think about those things because he doesn't want her to be one of those girls, even though those are the girls that he basically goes for. Yeah. Um, so cover that really early on with kind of Will's womanizing and kind of way that he acts there. Season three, episode two, Will gets committed. This is the episode where they go, the whole family basically goes back to LA where Uncle Bill and Aunt Viv get their start. And they kind of have like flashbacks of when they were younger, when they basically had no money. And we kind of see the, the, the progression that Uncle Phil has to kind of come to grips with that he might not be doing enough for the communities that he come from, kind of like that rags to riches kind of thing, where basically he kind of like put off going back to the community over, I guess, what was this, like 25, 30 years, basically, after he gets like that first big um, partnership. And he even says like, you know, money's not going to change us, but they haven't been back to their old neighborhood in XYZ years. Season three, episode 19, Just Say Yo. Carlton takes speed that is in Will's locker. Basically, after Will's like stressed out with school and stuff, this white kid gives him some some speed and Will puts it in his locker. Carlton takes it thinking that it's Advil and Carlton basically ODs and Carlton covers for Will. But Will ends up telling the truth and probably one of like the most emotional performances from from Smith, like where BSK has come to grips that he almost killed his cousin. Um, kind of talking about like drugs and minority uh, in the minority community and things like that. So but also like speed. Yeah, I was gonna say about speed. speed. Like what hap- What do we ever figure out what speed is and what happened to speed? And it's speed the methamphetamine, killed- right? Well, I, I mean, yeah, I think so. so but I've, like- I've never really understood because Saved by the Bell also told us that speed was gonna be a big thing yes. that we were going to encounter. Yeah. I grew up thinking never speed heard was like the worst thing of TV. I don't even know like. I remember people I guess, always said speed. I guess for me, like, when I think of speed, I always, like, I just assumed, assuming it was something like Adderall that people would use. Because like, I didn't think it was. seemed uh, very similar. Uh, I thought speed yeah, I made know. you go faster. I don't, <laughs> so I, I don't have access to speed. Uh, I don't, I don't uh, Adderall but, does for people who aren't, who don't actually have ADHD. Yeah. I, okay. Anyways, the point no, of the matter. That, that's why you. people take it. Um, but anyways, the whole point with you of like I didn't understand about speed. Speed, I thought that was gonna be a bigger part of my life. Speed, apparently, I did. I did. If anyone ever offered me speed, I would say no to speed because of this. Episode. That's what I said. I always <laughs> said no to speed, but I was like, is it even speed? Because then so, it turned yeah, out it never so was speed. So I was actually correct. Adderall is a type of speed, but speed just means an amphetamine, and amphetamine is essentially was created. Uh, to interact with the central nervous system and stimulate it, and it was marketed for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, narcolepsy, yeah. and obesity. So yeah, Adderall is a speed. There are different speeds. Basically, don't take drugs that people give you. Uh, to say no to drugs, kids. <laughs> yeah, so from there, don't do speed. Um, but basically, next season, season four, episode eight, Blood is Thicker Than Mud. Carlton's blackness is questioned when Will and Carlton try and join a frat um, uh, basically a, a black fraternity. The topic is covered pretty much early on with the sh- like the show, like basically Will questioning Carlton's blackness, but that kind of gets um weeded out in the Compton episode, like where basically uh, Carlton has to go stay in Compton for like seventeen hours. Like that kind of gets washed out. But in this episode, basically he gets called a sellout by like the frat leader, um, for not being black enough because he's like lives in a big house and has that big uh, monologue where basically Carlton says, you know, bl- being black is not what I'm trying to be. It's what I am kind of hitting on kind of like racial identity and community. And it's really one of the first moments like where, well, even if like for the very, very beginning, Carlton's always been like very, you know, you're not blacker than I am kind of, kind of thing. Um, but that really comes to a head there where he has to do it in front of like a big giant party kind of thing. And that's also like something that I think 
you don't get if this is like a black kid comes to live with a white family really because i think that there's just like classism is something that exists in every community but it it exists in like a very heated and angry way in like minority communities where like even just like having one piece like separate you because i've had those conversations with my mom or my mom's like oh you leave this and now you're you know you're you've forgotten this so you can't be this anymore and like i don't know i think like i think that that's one of the strengths of fresh prince one it showed that like a black family could be affluent which you didn't really see on tv and you still don't see on tv and two like it like i think that that's just a really important concept because like the questioning of like people's identity just because they don't fit into a mold is something that still happens so 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 much yeah and it's definitely issues that like medina um and quincy jones and you know will smith and like a writing writing room wanted to cover going into this that's why they had it be a black family not a white family like medina's um childhood was so i think it works out pretty well um specifically in that episode there's other instances of that in in the show but i think that's probably one of the biggest ones yeah Season four, episode 24, Papa's got a brand new excuse. That's that episode where Will realizes that his father is basically a deadbeat and delivers that scene at the end with Uncle Phil where he doesn't understand why Lou doesn't want him kind of covering kind of like deadbeat parents and kind of realizing that you can I, – I, and I would probably classify like uh, the Banks as like his kind of found family because he didn't really know them. So yeah. um, kind of like deadbeat parents and kind of the idea of found family is very, very important in, in that episode. That um, episode is actually the first time I had the conversation with my mom about my biological dad because yeah. I asked her about it. Like I can I can imagine that episode having a lot of impact for people in really similar situations because it's hard to like at least like because I, I feel like it's a different experience than Will, but it's kind of the same like you think one way and you kind of need somebody to tell you that it's not that right and Mm -hmm. i think that like a lot of the times like when you're somebody who like hasn't because i guess for me like i was in this space where i didn't want to ask about my biological dad because i didn't want to hurt my dad's feelings and so i never like thought to ask but then i like we got to watch this episode as a family and then i was like so since Will had this conversation, <laughs> let's talk a little bit. Yeah. Uh, in reality, I was crying. My mom was like, why are you crying? I was like, well, I guess I'm going to tell her. And like, we actually had to have, we got to have that. I mean, I was, I was really young, but like just getting to have that type of conversation, having this open that door um, is really important. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I just think it's like a really well acted scene. I, I, I didn't want to. Well, I didn't want to have you talk about it if you didn't want to talk about it, but I figured you, that you that episode probably resonated with you um, yeah. a little bit. So I'm glad I'm glad it kind of spawned that conversation for you to kind of have that with your mom and, and things like that. So season four, episode ten, home is where the heart attack is. This is the episode where Uncle Phil has a heart attack, and Carlton is like super afraid to go to the hospital. Like he like excessively cleans, and because he's basically scared to lose his dad, and Will has to confront Carlton and basically calls him selfish because Will doesn't have a father to catch a heart attack, basically. Um, pressuring him to go see Uncle Phil in the hospital, but he doesn't want to see his dad, who he sees as like Superman, you know, with tubes up his nose. So kind of covering like the fear of losing family and then just overarchingly kind of like unhealthy choices. Even Uncle Phil like in the episode itself, you know, tells, tells him that he's sorry that he failed him um, and, and things like that. So uh, season four, episode 12, you've got to be a football hero. This is the episode where Will gets drunk at a frat party and tries to drive home drunk. Um, they end up like jumping him in like a uh, a graveyard, and basically has a nightmare where he meets a bunch of dead people, 
and in particular a kid who is hit by a drunk driver kind of covering that drunk driving episode that basically every sitcom has to cover but that one in in particular was really good it's really good it's also really creepy and i remember this one leaving an imprint and just being like oh i don't i don't like any of this (laughs) yeah definitely don't like any of that so season five, episode 15, Bullets Over Bel Air. This is the episode where Carlton and Will get held at gunpoint. Will gets shot protecting Carlton. And Carlton basically, like, his belief of the legal system is shattered because, like, nothing is done after they get shot. Um, and he basically buys a gun for protection, kind of hitting on, like we've talked about before, kind of like city justice system, especially when you're in the justice system as a person of color. Um, really powerful episode there. Season six, episode seven. Oh, because I didn't put this episode title, but season six, episode seven. This is the episode where Ashley is thinking about having sex for the first time with Urkel. Not like Urkel, but like the character who played Urkel. That was still very uh, awkward, but yes. Yeah. And Will and Carlton basically like lose their mind and become overprotective. Hillary end up, who is like, you know, not the one you would expect to have this conversation, but basically Hillary has a conversation with Ashley, basically affirming that it's Ashley's right to choose who and when she has sex with somebody. So kind of hitting on that women's right to choose and really dealing with that kind of overbearing family controlling, like the youngest member of the family. Cause she's seen as the baby. We've basically seen her since she was 11 years old, grow into um, yeah. a young woman. And then finally, just the season six finale. Um, I done, um, overall, like a pretty much sad episode of like reminiscing, but I think the biggest moment is when Uncle Phil reassures Will that he has grown so much since he's come to Bel Air and will basically always be his son. Like specifically says that he is his son, not his nephew. Um, kind of hitting again, as we talked about before, kind of like that found family, and you know, you can be like a punk kid, but you can definitely still grow into a you know adult who graduates from college and all the stuff that that Will does. I did that. So some some of like the biggest episodes, I think it's like 14 episodes that I think are um, that hit kind of those more than just like a funny episode hitting hard. Hitting hard moments in, in messages and things like that. Any thoughts on any of those before we move on? They're excellent choices. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I've seen, I think most of these I can say I see and definitely remember. Yeah, so from there, kind of like the last fun fact that it's kind of, not like really fun fact, but like the last like kind of why though this like basically jumpstarts Will Smith's acting career. Whether you like Will Smith or not, it's kind of irrelevant because basically him being on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air um, puts him into all these other roles. So in addition to like the obvious pressure that you have from NBC at the time, we basically kind of have to squeeze out those last two seasons. Will Smith was like reportedly ready to be done after season six. So going in, the the whole cast knew that the sixth season was would be the last one. So they kind of get out, get to go out on more or less their own terms. So in 1996, um, Will Smith was quoted as saying, "You become a family. On some weeks, you spend more fam- more time with your family, your TV family, than you do with your real family. It's hard to say goodbye to that atmosphere." But we felt like it was time. We've all grown as actors and as people. We have. Uh, we had an incredibly talented cast, but the show is just limiting. TV is a good workout facility where you get to work on your timing and other paces. But I think I've had enough time in the gym. Now I'm ready to. Now I'm ready for Coach to put me in the game, motion pictures. So even during the the filming of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Smith had already been in Where the Day Takes You in 1992, Made in America in 1993, Six Degrees of Separation in 1993, Bad Boys in 1995, and Independence Day. I had no idea that Bad Boys happened while he was why while he was still doing Fresh Prince. How did you yeah. not? Okay, I was yeah, I mean, four. <laughs> well, I guess well, my, I imagine, my, my point I was, was I, four. I'm not like during it. But I'm talking about like like we've had 30 years, Kate. I don't know the timeline. I just think of every role that Will Smith got as after Fresh Prince. 
No. Yeah. I'd imagine getting the bad boys role is like the one to be like, oh, wait, I can make a bunch of money. Yeah, the bad boys, when I believe get out of here, it was like, I'm out of this. Um, like, wait, I can make a soundtrack for my movie, go platinum, and be in the movie? Sold. Insert uh, so Men basically, in Black and Hitch. And <laughs> yeah, because that's literally... Men in Black is Wild in 1997. Wild so Wild Wild West, I think, is like 98, I think, maybe. I think. So, something like that. So basically, right after that, basically makes a bunch of money. So basically, he goes on to be, you know, Will Smith, plethora of roles. Uh, you know, Which he's actor, also producer. a genuinely good actor. So the funny like, thing, Yeah, he's a good actor. So the funny thing is, they had actually the statistic, I think, before, I think... His son decided to come ruin this statistic, I believe. Um, but I think it was a while where they did the money where if you were to put like the prototypical actor you would grab that you knew was going to make money based on a genre and everything, you grab Will Smith because of how much money his films always made. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was pegged to be in The Matrix before. Well, that's what I'm saying. It was just because they had that funny stat until his son came and made whatever the hell that one movie was. That was so awful. Yeah. That we don't he was well, good. At, he, his son didn't ruin it until the second time because his son is good in pursuit of happiness because that is, is just a very depressing movie. Yeah, he's good and, when he's a kid, but then yeah. he starts growing okay, up. Okay, my bad. When his son becomes has memories. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, I mean, obviously, like he's done a few movies in the last few years, but definitely more of like a producer at this point. Also, has like a pretty fire Instagram slash TikTok account. Bad Boys for Insta- Life is really freaking good. Oh, I love it's Bad Boys for Life. Yeah, so good. I'm actually now yeah. sad now, not because like because you didn't realize Bad Boys came out in 1995 when we were talking about like why are they making a third one now? Yeah. <laughs> it, no, but, no, it wasn't that I didn't realize that it came out in 95. It was that I didn't realize that he was still playing Fresh Prince while yeah. Bad Boys came out. Did you think they recorded all the shows in like 94 and then the, somehow magically made all the other seasons? Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm out. They pumped them out pretty quick. You know, okay, maybe. okay, that's fair. <laughs> Yeah, so that's all I have for, like, but why those and things like that. Um, I do have some fun facts I couldn't really fit anywhere else. So Alfonso Ribeiro was actually fired after the first pilot episode because NBC didn't like him. But basically the cast kind of rallied behind him to keep him in the show, which, which I think is hilarious. But if you if you watch the um, the reunion special, he basically auditions for that role in a track suit. It's like so he plays bad. like a, it's so <laughs> bad. It's so bad. Um, Will Smith's, I guess now wife, Jada Pickett, uh, Pinkett. Uh, entanglement, entanglement. Yeah, we had some entanglements. Uh, <laughs> basically, auditioned for the role of Lisa, Will's girlfriend, towards um, the end of the show, but didn't get the role due to lack of chemistry because of like the height and like they just didn't like work well. Oh, that's. But interestingly enough, the two actually met for the first time at that audition and started dating after they met at the audition and then like were I mean, together. I guess that's and... why they have entanglements. That lack of chemistry. Yeah, yeah. I, guess, I guess they were right. They just didn't have the right chemistry back in the day. The NBC yeah. knew. Um, people for a long time thought that Quincy Jones was the cab driver at the beginning of the show, but Jada and Rashida Jones, uh, Quincy Jones's daughter said it wasn't him. Apparently he doesn't even know how to drive cause he was in an accident when he was, when he was 14. So he like never learned how to drive. So obviously the Rashida Jones, which one person is that? Rashida Jones, Parks and Rec, The Office. So it's not the and... new person that's the head of NBC now. Cause that been throwing me off today. I'm sorry. Wait, what? I mean, that's actually a good point because it might be because oh no, Rashida Jones is now the head of NBC, I believe today. Yes, not... but they're not the same person. I know they're not. That's why I asked because it's been throwing me off today. That's why I asked which one are we referring to. Yes, yeah, no, it is Rashida Jones. Yeah. It, it's the Rashida Jones that we're thinking. Yeah, but I can understand how that's confusing considering today. That today, today happened, and 
Did they happen? Yeah. I mean, where they made... Rashida Jones is now the NBC per, NBC. Yeah, and this show was on NBC, so I could I could definitely see like because that even threw me off a little bit when you said that, so that that makes sense. But no, yeah, Quincy Jones apparently can't drive. So the show endorsed a pair of basketball sneakers called the Air Jordan Five Bel Airs, <sighs> um, and this is mainly because like. A lot of hip hop heads and things like that were inspired by uh, Will Smith's uh, swag on the show, so much so that he got his own pair of um, Air Jordans. The show's soundtrack was only released in the Netherlands, so you can't go buy like the soundtrack anywhere unless you were in the Netherlands. No dice. And some something that they cover in the uh, reunion special, and that you can actually see on the on the shows now, is that Will Smith was such a new actor that you can catch him mouthing the lines of his co stars. In some of the early episodes, like That's if you go back funny. and watch it, like you can see it. Like there's one episode where he's literally mouthing John Cheadle's lines as he's sitting right next to him, and it comes up like even in the in the show That's to adorable. this day, <laughs> which is which is hilarious. But I think it's more because he was super nervous and he just wanted to like make sure he knew everyone's lines, so he learned everybody's lines on the show so much so that he could like mouth them. And it you know it's a running joke that they have throughout the show and even in the reunion special. So that's all I got. Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Final thoughts, Matt? I really enjoyed the French French Bel Air growing up. Um, I remember watching it quite often. Obviously, I haven't watched Reunion because that required me watching TV, and I just don't do that these days. And I'm not a big fan of reunion shows unless they're the trash ones where people just come back and hate each other, which I didn't expect that one. I'm he, not has, he, he has, in fact, watched Married at First Sight reunion shows. Yeah, because they come back and be like, <laughs> I hate you. Kevin, you hold strong. You're still the best person I've ever met in my life. Um, You've never met him. It doesn't matter. I met him through that show, Um, (laughs) through osmosis. (laughs) I live vicariously through him. (laughs) Um, But anyways, uh, but no, I... I remember growing up, I remember watching the show. Like I said, I never watched the primetime, but I remember watching this all the time after school. It's still weird because I've seen so many. I recognize I have a lot of the memories you talk about and stuff, but I still probably couldn't tell you how many of the 148 episodes I've actually seen. It's a weird thing of just like, and I mean, I'm sure we've done it with a lot of other shows. I think even Seinfeld of like, I could tell you if there's 190, I've seen like 140 of them or 150 of them, but I couldn't tell you which ones are which. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that goes back to just like syndication and then yeah. just playing like the highly rated episodes. So there's even some when I'm going back and rewatching, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this episode, but like very vaguely, right? Not nearly as much as like the ones I mentioned before. Yeah, so. but I understand why people like it. Um, I'm still not. I mean, we'll be interesting to see what they do. I, I'm not surprised they're going to try to reboot it. That's all we do these days. Um, but no, I'm I'm glad this show got made, and it was, said it was just great to watch growing up as a as a kid, and the theme song is still great. And you got the fancy little <laughs> pastel looking, I guess, colors or whatever, the crazy colors. Yeah. Neon. The 90s. <laughs> neon, half neon, whatever. They weren't even like true neon, though. That's why I was like, anyone say. Yeah. Uh, Kate? No, I mean, I've, I've kind of given my, my thoughts throughout the whole episode. I mean, I think it's a powerful series that I, I think it's still really relevant today and really holds up. And I mean, I think that there's. One of the sad things about media is right now, I don't feel like there are a lot of widely circulated shows that are close to like doing what Fresh Prince does, um, did, um, and stuff like that. And then maybe because of the lack of sitcoms, but like specifically by like representing like representing like people of color in in different lights and showing different family structures and different dynamics. And I feel like we just continually go to the same thing over and over again now and thing I mean just like themes um so it would be really cool to get back to how things were and even better of different family shows showcasing different things but I also think it's hard too because like 
sitcoms are pretty much gone and the majority of shows are like long scripted dramas now and stuff like that so i don't know i think it was really amazing uh I don't know how many episodes I've watched, but I know I watched all the ones that Adrian mentioned. Um, was, I don't know. It was really powerful. And I, I, I understand why people still love it. I understand why it launched Will Smith's career. And I have the song going on in my head right now. <laughs> yeah, great. I mean, and for me, like, um, I think mainly for me, it just really comes from seeing myself in, char- in characters like Carlton. Like, I distinctly remember when I was in um, New Orleans when I was little and people knowing that I wasn't black because of the way that I spoke. Like, oh, you can't be black. You're, you, you talk like you're white. And I was like, what? Like, like Mr. Krabs meme just very like shook me to my core. But then you see like the same things happening to, to Carlton and things like that. Um, even in the later episodes where you find out that Will Smith is actually a pretty smart guy, but he kind of like hides it because of, you know, what people are going to think about him. Like those are just kind of, big things that I know, you know, my friends who, you know, look like me, like went through. So I think for me, it's like very um, pivotal show for me to kind of see at least not obviously not like exactly like me, but at least similar situations and similar um, family, you know, dynamics and things like that. It was also like one of the first shows where I saw like people of color bling lawyers and people of color bling, um, you know, professors. So it's some, it was something that I was like, Oh yeah, like that's, that's something that just is right. And it wasn't until later that I realized, Oh wait, that's not like actually the case. Um, so just really important show and, and a bunch of aspects. Of course, I think it's super hilarious. And of course I think the cast has like a, a amazing chemistry, but I think it's really those hard hitting episodes that really resonate with me. And which is why I wanted to make sure we covered this episode before the year went out, um, as it celebrates its 30 year anniversary. Yeah. Anyway, if you all would like to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash butwhythopc. And if you want to follow us, head on over to butwhythopc on everything in social media. And you can follow me on Twitter at omimithrandier. Adrian? Yep, you can find me on Twitter at superus93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z, 93. Matt? I'm going to see if I can still play basketball. <laughs> <laughs>